everyone, and welcome to Clitacic Chronicles, a pleasure-positive podcast created by smile makers for people with clitorises. I'm Cecile, and today I'm speaking with Emma James. Emma James is a chartered physiotherapist with over 25 years of experience treating musculoskeletal pain and dysfunction and specializing in pelvic health. Emma owns and runs the Emma James Collective, a successful group of well-being companies in the UK, including Emma James Physio, Emma James Wellbeing, and James Corporate Health. Today, we are talking about how our pelvic health gets impacted during pregnancy, perimenopause, and menopause. Let's dive in. What happens to our pelvic floor during pregnancy and during childbirth? So we're going to go back to the adage of the bicep again. Okay, so when we're talking about a muscle becoming disused or misused, it can be associated with excessive load on the muscle group. So therefore, it stretches and lengthens. It's a bit like you carrying a dumbbell around. Let's say you carried a dumbbell around for a week. And every day you increase the weight of that dumbbell. Mm -hmm. Over time, your bicep muscle would become weaker and it would be under greater stress. So essentially, regardless of whether, because this is the old adage that I've had a cesarean and therefore I haven't had birth trauma, so I'm not going to have a problem with my pelvic floor. Weakness within the pelvic floor comes from a variety of different things. So first of all, you've got the load of the fetus and the excess weight with the increased blood supply, the placenta, you know, increased fluids. So that muscle group is under stress for an extended period of time. So that firstly weakens the pelvic floor. Then the changes in hormone have a direct effect on the structure of the muscle so it becomes lengthened and weakened so that has an impact on the pelvic floor then if you have a long stage of labor so lots of pushing at the end that can have tearing and direct trauma on the pelvic floor and then if you have to have any sort of intervention so if you have to have any suction you know like a suction to bring the baby out or you have to have any cuts to open the um, or use forceps, that also has a direct trauma on the pelvic floor. So they're the really key areas that can have an issue with regards to dysfunction within the pelvic floor during labour. Okay. And how can this impact our our experience of sex? Like when you've given birth, how do you talk to your patients about going back to having enjoyable sex? I think the biggest fear that people have is that things will look really different. So I think the most important thing that we talked about before about having positive pelvic health generally is that actually you need to have a look at your own vagina before you become pregnant. You need to understand what the normal is, what your vagina looks like, because every vagina is different. You know, some people have big labia, some people have small labia. Everything is different, different pigmentation, different hair growth. So I think it's really important to understand what your vagina looks like so that you can then see if it looks any different post-labor. Then the second thing that we talk about 
is to touch and become more intimate with your vagina in terms of from a pain perspective. Sometimes or often people may have to have stitches as a result of labor. And then they become very fearful of the pain associated with the stitches. So then because they have pain associated with the stitches and the birth trauma, they think that anything penetrative is also going to be painful. So I would say it's really important and also because often there are hormonal changes post-pregnancy and that those need to settle and and stabilise. I think using things like a really natural lubrication is really helpful. I think you touching and feeling your own vagina in the first instance is really important because you need to connect with it yourself before you're then going to be able to have pleasure with another party. Does that make sense? So there's yeah, absolutely. a lot around, you know, look, touch, feel, so normalize the tissue, normalize the sensation, and also normalize your thoughts around, you know, intercourse. It should never be, oh, well, that's just a job that I need to do or just get back on the horse. You know, you're never going to have a good sexual experience if your brain is elsewhere if that makes sense so I think it's so much firstly about being calm being in a comfortable place maybe perhaps re-engaging with personal intimacy and personal masturbation before you are intimate with your partner I think because then using some of the products that, that we talk about like the surfer for example which is a little bit smaller and it's it's very smooth yeah um, yeah that can be a really nice way even with the vibrator off it can just be a really nice way to understand well okay so I can get that in and that feels okay and so now then I'll be okay to have you know an intimate experience with my partner does that make sense yeah to, to go gradually back to like what your sex life was before I think so yeah okay and like what happens to the pelvic floor during pregnancy and childbirth everything that you've explained like does it go back to the previous state it had before childbirth or does it like change in a more dramatic way in a more permanent way I think the point is is that any muscle that's been through trauma will not necessarily snap back okay unless you do a little bit of work to help it and remind the muscles how they should be functioning. Okay. So it's a bit of re-education. It's a bit of normalizing tissue. And it all depends on the amount of trauma that you have undergone. If you've had a really nice home birth with no pain, you know, very little pain um, intervention, your partner's been with you, it's been very calm, the likelihood of you having pain or dysfunction post-birth is lower. However, if you've been rushed into, you know, a really traumatic labour event with no analgesia, then you've had to have forceps, the birth has been really traumatic. A, there's been more intervention, so therefore the likelihood of there being long-term problems are greater. And also emotionally and psychologically, the chances of you having issues are much higher. Okay. And in therapy, when it comes to more like the the, the physicality of the pelvic floor after pregnancy, how do you work with your patients to like gain back uh, or redefine maybe the, the new pelvic health after childbirth? 
So we do lots of things around, you know, I, I use lots of different um, products and services. So we will show them what to do with a dilator to use at home, mm. what to do in terms of if they have pain or dysfunction. We use TheraWands, so they'll do things internally to, to do trigger points. We use acupuncture. We use Pelvipower. We use Pelviva, which are internal muscle stimulators. So there's there's a there's a whole toolkit that that we use, and depending on the assessment, and depending on what it is that we first find, will then determine how we will manage the condition. Okay, and like if you had like a word of of wisdom for women who have given birth and who are maybe a bit concerned about their pelvic health, like what would you say to them? I would say seek help and guidance the sooner the better because okay. the longer something is dysfunctional the longer it takes to re-educate and also the more fear there is associated with it you know sometimes people it's the fear them itself you know the fear of the activity itself is is stronger than doing that it you know overshadows the activity and I think yeah. that you're not alone One in three women have issues with uh, incontinence. You know, lots of women have issues around uncomfortable or perhaps unenjoyable intercourse post-pregnancy and perimenopause and, and menopause. And I just think that the more that we talk about these these topics openly, and uh, the more we can help and guide people to have, you know, wonderfully enjoyable relationships and 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 sexual, you know, positive sexual health throughout throughout their entire life which is which is what I'm a huge advocate of it goes back so much to intimacy doesn't it and reconnecting that intimacy and, and that can be you know gen gently cuddling you know caressing massage using intimate internal uh you know some of the intimate internal products that you can use you know especially the smile makers products because you can use them externally you can yeah. use them in different parts of the body you know around the nipples you know just on the skin yeah. around the, the erogenous zones and it can be a gentle a reawakening and, and gently walking back to these these quite intimate um, acts and you can really reconnect with your partner without it being uh, you know very transactional and if your yes. concerns are around you know penetrative in intercourse you can get a huge amount of pleasure and orgasms without having that degree of penetration and that in itself you know uh, orgasms you know create such a lot of stress relief you know yeah. improve the serotonin improve your mental health yeah. um you know we should be prescribing more of this rather than giving everybody antidepressants absolutely <laughs> 100 um okay now i would like to move on to perimenopause and menopause and to understand what does that specific moment in a woman's life um mean for the pelvic floor how does that change how does our pelvic floor change when we are undergoing perimenopause and menopause this is something we don't talk about either and that i really want to have more conversation about i think it's a hugely uncommunicated area and i think the fact is that during during perimenopause and when there are changes in your muscular function when your estrogen levels drop the smooth muscle so first of all the muscle gets smaller Okay. And the blood supply diminishes. 
that's what also has a significant impact on people's continence level, the ability for them to maintain continence, because if the muscle is smaller, it can't work so well, number one. Number two, if there is less muscle, less blood supply and less nerve supply, you have decreased sensation. Thirdly, as your hormone levels change, you also have reduced secretions. So and we all know that vaginal dryness has such an impact around your ability to have an enjoyable orgasm. So therefore, the use of lubrication is, is imperative during this period. And also, the hormonal changes can have a significant impact to your mental health. So you can start to feel more anxious, you can start to feel more irritable, you can have a loss of libido. And so all of these things, physically, there are changes within the pelvic floor, which will have a compounding effect on your ability to enjoy an orgasm fully, you know, so the orgasms aren't as intense. Yeah, because the muscle is smaller, the blood supply is less, and the nerve supply is less. So physically, often orgasms are less intense. Physically, because things are drier, you can be less pleasurable. So it feels a little bit more abrasive. And thirdly, if there are changes within your mental health, and often people might find that when they become perimenopausal, they have increased weight gain, especially around their middle and around their girth, that in itself can make the pelvic floor weaker. So that will also have a compounding effect. So it's it's multifactorial. And I think one feeds into the other, which feeds into the other, which changes your confidence. And it's a little bit like, you know, the less you do it, the less you want to do it. You know, it, it's I think it's a really cyclical compounding event. Okay. Do you talk about sexuality with patients that come to see you for perimenopause or menopause related issues? Absolutely. So... Obviously, it's not my opening question, but a lot of, and, and that's why working with smile makers is, is a really lovely adjunct to what I do in terms of my holistic care. So within our wellness hub, we talk about everything from nutrition, so probiotic health, to sexual health, to mental health, to physical health. So it's a very holistic health and well-being center. So I think that I'd be doing a huge injustice to my patients if I didn't talk about sexual health in both men and women. The landscape you drew of that moment of life seems very gloomy. So is there like, how do you work with your patients while undergoing menopause for them to like define a new normal where they, f they can still like enjoy themselves physically if they want to? Well, to understand that there's an awful lot that you can do to work with these changes and improve these changes. There's so much you can do in terms of improving your overall health and well-being, you know, improving your exercise, which helps with your physical confidence. You know, it's basically about creating holistic healthcare and helping people identify what the driver is to their problem and then finding that solution for them. So, yes, it may feel like, oh, this is, you know, this is really gloomy and this is happening. But it, it's more about understanding and taking control of the fact that, yes, these things can happen, but we have the ability to change and improve and make everything, you know, better and, you know, make your life happier again and, and enjoy sexual, you know, pleasurable activities. There is so much available and it's about just being signposted to know what your concerns are, what your issues are, and for people to not feel embarrassed.
hope you've enjoyed this episode of Classic Chronicles and learned a thing or two about pelvic health. If you like this podcast, share it around with your friends and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your podcasts from to help us make it easier to find. For more sex positivity, connect to our website at smilemakerscollection.com. Thank you.